that has no money. Did you say broke Yes. Oh. But it's always good. That's the problem. Wow. Why do you like some good? Like rich. Can I say that on TV? Is that okay? I ain't saying she's broke. Listen, all I'm saying is if anyone who is acquiring male genitalia, it needs to be attached to someone who can also fly into the Caribbean. Welcome to episode 54 of the I Know Tomorrow podcast. Welcome to 2022. As always, I am your host, Matt. If you haven't listened to any of the prior episodes, please go back and do so now on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Please download and subscribe. Feel free to email me at iknowpod at yahoo.com with any questions, comments, or feedback that you might have. Or you can also hit me up on Instagram at iknowtomorrowpod. Um, Got a lot to get to this week, so without further ado, let's get into it. As if you care. Some of you women are crazy, man. So you mean to tell me... In the year 2022, I can't get any pussy unless I'm able to fly you out to the Caribbean whenever you feel like it? Get the fuck out of here. Thank God I'm married. Anyway, starting off this week, as always, with As If You Care, where I run through some topics and or personal experiences from the past week, as if you actually give a fuck. Happy New Year's uh, to everybody, and I hope that with COVID getting a little out of control again, that everyone had not only a happy but safe New Year's Eve celebration. And that's where I guess we can start because I hate to be this guy, but am I the only one that thinks that New Year's Eve and watching the specials on TV every year, that it's pretty much over for them at this point? Like, I tuned in to watch the ball drop because I felt like I was pretty much obligated to do so, but I really didn't know which channel to tune into. Like, I saw Anderson Cooper was hosting something on CNN, and immediately in my brain I thought, yeah, no. Anderson Cooper is not exactly the person I think of uh, to put on for New Year's Eve when I have a glass of liquor in my hands. It just didn't make sense. Then we had Ryan Seacrest and, you know, hosting whatever special they're calling it these days, because is it still New Year's Rock and Eve? Is that still a thing? Either way. But I tuned in to that, and I think I gave, you know, whatever was happening about 15 seconds before. Out loud, I said, fuck this, and, you know, went to look for something else. And lastly, I saw Miley Cyrus and Pete Davidson were hosting another, you know, New Year's Eve celebration. And as much as I don't particularly uh, like either one of them, It was, you know, my last shot at finding something that was at least remotely entertaining to watch uh, till the ball dropped. And I think they were in Miami. And you would think Miami on New Year's Eve would be, you know, a fun place to be. Especially if you're young, you're all dressed up, you're out there and you're partying. I mean, what could be better than that, right? Not like you're freezing your ass off at Times Square. But... The camera is panning around and they're showing all these people dancing, you know, but they're dancing like chaperones would at a school dance. And 
The looks on their faces, to me at least, said that they would rather be doing anything else than being here right now. So at that point, I really didn't know, you know, what to do. I think I ended up leaving, you know, whatever Ryan Seacrest bullshit um, that was on to the ball drop. But because I was streaming on Hulu, there was a pretty significant delay. So it wasn't actually New Year's, according to the TV, till almost a minute after the ball had already dropped. So what exactly was the point of any of that? And speaking of, you know, what's the point? Do we really have to keep up with some of these obviously old New Year's traditions? Does, does banging pots and pans still have to be a thing? Do we really need to beep our car horns for the next five minutes after the ball drops? And, you know, this doesn't apply for all places, but do we still need to let some gunshots off in the air? I mean, I know money's pretty dried up out here and we aren't exactly spending our money on bullets these days. You probably are a pretty bad shot already. So why not save that ammo and use it on some actual target practice? The way things, you know, have been looking out here, you might need that bullet. I mean, I don't want any unprovoked violence, but I'm always team protect you and yours, you know, just to be clear. Or... If we aren't going to do away with all that stupid shit, can we at least put a time limit on how long it needs to go on for? I don't want to be sitting here and a half hour later still have to deal with random car horns and fireworks. Sorry, I know I sound like an old man, but I'm over it. And yeah, you know, I was drinking, but it still didn't make any of that seem fun. Like, I wasn't sitting there thinking to myself, man, I got to go bang some pots and shit outside. That didn't sound like the move. And with that, especially with COVID getting crazy again, can can we just do away with the whole gathering at Times Square thing, even if just for a little bit? I mean, I personally never got the appeal of it to begin with, but I acknowledge that I'm not the type of person that that scene is for. Because you guys see it as being a vibe or, you know, a bucket list experience. But the only things that I see when I look at that scene are... No refills on my drink, no place to pee, music, you know, and entertainment that I don't necessarily subscribe to, and last but not certainly least, too many goddamn people and nowhere to move. Nothing about that seems appealing to me whatsoever. I don't even want to be at a club on New Year's Eve because of the amount of people that are going to be there, let alone how many people are in Times Square. Then, What happens when it's time to disperse? Because I I can only imagine how long it would take, you know, to get back to wherever it is that you're staying. You know, and I don't even want to think about what it costs to stay down there. I mean, I'll never do it, so I'm not going to, you know, allow my brain to go there. Um, But before uh, I get off of this New Year's Eve thing, I do hope that you guys... (laughs) Saw this next story um, that I'm going to talk about where a news anchor in St. Louis named Michelle Lee um, was criticized by a viewer for being, quote, very Asian. Hi, um, this evening your Asian uh, anchor uh, mentioned something about being Asian and Asian people eat dumplings on New Year's Day and... uh, can I take offense to that? Because what if one of your white anchors 
speakers said, well, uh, white people eat this on uh, New Year's Day. Um, I don't think it was appropriate that she said that. And she was being very Asian, and I don't know. Uh, she can keep her Korean um, to herself, all right? Now, aside from how obviously stupid this entire situation is, I just want to get into the brain of the person who called in for a second here. Like, let's even go off of the premise that this was indeed wrong to say. Have you not watched TV before? Because people both white and not white have said way worse things on TV than Asian people eat dumplings on New Year's Day. I mean, shit, people have to do something really bad, like have a photo in blackface that somehow surfaced, or have a door lock button on the bottom of their desk to get fired off of TV. If, if that's considered bad or offensive in St. Louis, I would love to see what's, you know, quote-unquote racy but tolerable in St. Louis. Like, do you still wear the female bathing suits from the 1920s in St. Louis? And, and you know what? I dare you to answer yes, because I saw the tip drill video many, many times as a young man with a strong right forearm, and I can tell you for fact that that's not true. Then, if there is a place for someone to get offended here, <laughs> how is it that a white person is offended? Do you not think Asian people eat that on New Year's Day? Or maybe more simple, more simple than that, do you not like dumplings? Because I'm not Asian, but I think dumplings are fantastic. They're a bit of all right. And then to not only take over the part of being offended, but to think that there was nothing wrong or offensive about saying, quote, she was being very Asian and, I don't know, she can keep her Korean to herself. <laughs> wow. Just, just wow. It, it sounds like something out of like a Saturday Night Live skit. And now I'm mad that it's not one. The only part of this that actually I, I found somewhat impressive is that she correctly identified her as Korean. Because unless she already knew that she was Korean, how the hell... Did she know the correct ethnicity here? Because I'll be honest, I'm not good with anything outside of like the, the Hispanic demographic just because, you know, that's what I'm more used to. Like, I can tell you the difference between um, someone who's Puerto Rican and someone who's Mexican, for example, but there's zero chance I would have said Korean just out of nowhere. I wouldn't make such a specific distinction just because, you know, I think it's ignorant to do so without really any reason why. But I think most people's go-to in this situation probably would have been Chinese if they had a gun to their head and had to make a choice. And that's only because most people go-to is Chinese for takeout. Either way, that's my recap of New Year's, though. Um, you know, I was home doing old people shit. But I think if we're going to continue with these New Year's Eve traditions and celebrations, I think based off of what I heard in not only the first clip, but in the clip that I'm about to play of Andy Cohen, I think next year I'm going to go ahead and tune in to the CNN broadcast. And sorry for judging Anderson Cooper, but anytime 
I can watch people get drunk on air, I'm there regardless of who it is because anything can happen. Okay, we've come to the second segment of the podcast titled Wait What? Where I go in depth with a topic or two that has caught my interest in particular over the past week. Uh, Recently, I've not said much about sports or sports-related topics on this podcast. But Sunday, something happened that had, you know, so many people talking that I wanted to talk about it here. Um, Even if you don't watch sports... Um, You may have seen something one way or another in the past few days that has referenced what happened with Antonio Brown. Um, If you have not, there was something that happened on the sideline of the Buccaneers-Jets game Sunday afternoon that ended up with him taking off his pads, his shirt, you know, his gloves, throwing them into the crowd, and then not only walking off the field, but walking across the end zone while the game was still going on before leaving through the tunnel. Key part there is something happened. Um, One report from Jay Glazer, who, if you're unaware, um, is a pretty well-known NFL reporter. Um, I don't think he's the guy for NFL reporting or the person, because probably Josina Anderson's probably the go-to at this point for NFL reporting. But in his report, he put, you know, just talked to Bruce Arians who said they were trying to get A.B. to go into the game and A.B. refused. Tried again, Brown refused again, and Arians told him to, quote, get out. Which, if that's in fact what happened here, I don't know that I'm necessarily mad at Antonio Brown for leaving. And Probably not even mad for doing it the way that he left. Because even if that, you know, is what was said, essentially, I can assure you that that's not exactly what was said in the heat of the moment. Because you don't have two grown men on a football sideline, you know, where they're not seeing eye to eye on something. And there isn't a little bit more spice that's put on that conversation. And most likely in both ways. And for those of you who quickly jump to the, well, he's the coach. You can't talk back to the coach. Let me just tell you, this is real life. And these are grown-ass men that we're talking about here. And I don't give a fuck who you are. If I take something that you said or did as disrespect, fuck you and fuck this team, I'm out. Now... In the other scenario, which for me personally, I think sounds a little bit more like what actually happened. According to another report from the team sideline reporter, Brown was apparently benched by the head coach, Bruce Arians, in the second half of that game. And then Brown, you know, became suddenly enraged by that move and just tore off his pads and walked off the sideline. Now, again, I don't know either way, but this makes more sense to me because if he was indeed benched, he would be losing out on a bunch of money that he stood to make had he just made a few more catches per his contract. And Antonio Brown looks to me 
to be a person who has a serious case of what how, how do you say it fuck it where I can 100% see a scenario in which he's told he's not going back onto the field and he just takes off his shit and leaves. Now, all that aside, why was the narrative immediately anti-Antonio Brown even before that game was over? Social media blew up with, you know, oh, here's crazy Antonio Brown again or, quote, you know, that didn't take long. Even though he's been there since last season, but, you know, whatever. Then there was, oh, this was his last chance and he screwed it up. Last chance at what exactly? Because he won a Super Bowl last year and his statistics rank him among, you know, some of the best to ever play this game. So what else does he still need to accomplish here? Then we get to their, the, uh, oh, uh, he's a bomb and he's got CTE anyway. Which, first off, far from a bum. He's one of the best receivers to ever play, whether you want to go by skill or stats. And whoever's saying that's probably on their couch right now, 30 pounds overweight, but he's the bum? Stop it. You couldn't cover Greg Ward, let alone Antonio Brown. And that, for me, has always been a frustrating and fascinating thing about society and sports because you're talking about the top one percent or so of the entire world who gets to play at a professional level so even the so-called bums by nfl standards are way better than 99.9 percent of the people who are watching them so what is it in these people's brains that makes them think it's okay to call another elite athlete a bum if i mean if you don't like the guy then just don't like the guy because i've seen people call floyd mayweather a bum and the guy has never lost a fight you don't like him fine but he's far from a bum and to be clear i'm not defending his character or any actions off the field of antonio brown because i don't know the guy And I honestly just don't care enough about any of those off-field incidents to look into them far enough to see what actually happened. Sorry, just not that concerned. Especially since he only had like two or three good games uh, for my fantasy team this year. But, you know, that that fantasy team is cursed, so I I can't blame him alone for that. Um, But then, secondly, I saw people saying how dumb he was for essentially quitting and not trying to get the almost $1 million he was very close to getting had, you know, again, he had a few more catches in that game. But why are you all that worried about it? You know, maybe for him, it's not really about money at that point in time. If he felt that disrespected in the moment, is another million dollars going to make a man who's already financially well enough, you know, you know swallow his pride? Normal men? Yeah, probably. Antonio Brown? Obviously not. And I'll never get why other grown men are so interested in another grown man's pockets. It's corny. It's lame. It's just not adult person behavior. Especially when I'm sure most of these people commenting um, you know, behind the protection of social media are probably not financially secure themselves. So how in the hell... 
are you going to comment on how someone else makes a decision based on money when you don't have any yourself? And again, without knowing if that had anything to do with it at all. And then we get to the part where I would think most people would care or be a little bit, you know, more sensitive, especially with all the anti-bullying and protect your mental health stuff that's out there these days. Like, how is it appropriate in any way to comment on someone else's mental health without knowing anything about their situation? Making CTE jokes or anything like that when, you know, plenty of other people have died because of it, it's insane. But you guys want me to cancel Dave Chappelle? And hey, I'm all for a good joke because I think you can make a joke about pretty much anything as long as it's funny. But the shit that I saw out there about Antonio Brown was really just tasteless and corny. We, we got to stop picking and choosing the situations on when and where we want to be woke and progressive. You want to be progressive? Then be like Flo. Because that bitch is progressive all the fucking time. I don't want to hear about how brave Demi Lovato is for getting a freaking buzz cut. And then have to read a thousand jokes about Antonio Brown having CTE. And what world does that make sense? And... If it wasn't bad enough that so many idiots jumped on the, you know, anti-Antonio Brown bandwagon, then there were other players or, I guess, ex-players that also felt like they had to chime in. One of which being O.J. fucking Simpson, of all people. Hey, Twitter world, it's me, yours truly, watching um, the championship weekend with many of my league there's one thing that we all agree on, and we'll deserve the people here, is what Tom Brady has done for Antonio Brown. For him to pull what he pulled today is completely inexcusable. You want to talk about inexcusable. How do you go to record a video that you're going to post on the social media where the people that are talking in the background are like 10 times louder than you are recording it. That, sir, is inexcusable. Either speak up or tell them to shut the fuck up. And not that I expect anything different from Mr. I'm not black, I'm OJ, but why is his coon and ass even giving an opinion on this at all? And Tom Brady? I mean, Tom Brady's the goat, but what did Tom Brady do here exactly for for Antonio Brown. Say, hey, this guy's really talented. We should go sign him and give us a chance of winning a Super Bowl. Which he did already. Antonio Brown is talented. Period. That's why he was signed. Not because Tom Brady, the fucking messiah of the NFL, said to go sign him. Did it help? Yeah, probably. But without the talent, it never would have happened. Trust me on that. So miss me with this, oh, Tom Brady did so much for him. Like he's fucking Michelle Pfeiffer in Dangerous Minds. Where would we be without Tom Brady? Think what you want, but I would advise people to just look at things a little differently. Especially in situations like this. Because anytime you see so many people in media just jump at the chance to push a narrative... Ask yourself why. Because we've, we've all seen these scenarios where, you know, 
this person is crazy or, you know, that person's crazy. But when they're playing a game against people who essentially control the narrative, what else would you expect to see but something negative about that person? And again, I don't know Antonio Brown, never met him. He never played for my favorite team. But for any man or woman for that matter, to immediately get dragged like how he was on Sunday and not have really anyone be on the other side of it immediately makes my bullshit meter go off. Especially when OJ has something to say and anyone who, you know, who had anything to do with the NFL was asked about it or commented on it. For example, like, why did, why did we need to know what Joe Montana thought about Antonio Brown. That's got to be like asking Flash Thompson what he thinks about Peter Parker. Yeah, does he know him? Probably, but they're not exactly best friends. This is the last call, last call, last call. Yes, sir. We have arrived at last call where I leave you with some parting words before uh, sending you off to hopefully enjoy the rest of your weeks. And while I could have started the episode off with all the recent major passings or RIPs that have happened uh, in the last week or so, I wanted to take a little more time to touch on them here. Um, first of which, rest in peace to Max Julian, a.k.a. The Mac, who passed away at age 88. Um, you know, very big name in the culture, and while it's not a film that I particularly grew up on or idolized in any way. It's something that you've, you know, obviously heard referenced plenty of times um, in hip-hop, so got to give a lot of respect there. Um, But then we also had the passing of John Madden at the age of 85, which even if you have no idea what he did in the NFL, you in some way have heard or seen something about the now iconic football video game that comes out every year and bears his name. I come from an era where, you know, you had to go to the store to get it the day that it came out, or you were probably going to wait a little bit until they got, you know, restocked. There wasn't any digital download at that point, and it was a game that I can tell you 100% made me, you know, lose countless hours of sleep playing it as a child. Like, I can remember playing an entire franchise season or seasons in a single night and somehow was able to go to school the next day. Don't ask me how. And in fact, it's become so iconic that NFL players these days, I think they seem more worried about their Madden rating than really anything else that's going on in the league at that point. And don't get me started on, you know, the Madden curse or all the debates that I've had with people on who are, you know, who did or did not deserve to be on the Madden cover or how much money I used to make playing Madden in high school where I would play $20 a game and it was double if you, you know, if you were down by 21 points cuz of the 21 point rule. If you played Madden, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Then, you know, we get to the commentary with, you know, fellow legend Pat Summerall where Madden always had some great things and then some very no-effing shit sort of things to say. A few of which I would like to read now. But before I do, let's get us in the mood here. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) First, hey, the offensive linemen are the biggest guys in the field. 
They're bigger than anybody else. And that's what makes them the biggest guys on the field. If the quarterback throws the ball in the end zone and the wide receiver catches it, it's a touchdown. In order for this team to win the game, the quarterback just has to throw the ball. He should have scored a touchdown if he hadn't been tackled right there. Here's a guy who can use his arms and legs at the same time. Who'd have thunk it? To get more yards, it's best to move the ball from the line of scrimmage down the field. Usually the team with the most points wins the game. <laughs> Whenever you talk about a Mike Shanahan offense, you're going to be talking about his offense. Here's a guy who when he runs, he moves faster. <laughs> Look, I, I, could, I could honestly read that list all day, but let's move on. And then, last but certainly not least, we had Betty White, who passed away on New Year's Eve, just a few weeks away from what would have been her 100th birthday. Um, she, of course, had a long career in TV as well as movies, but most notably, um, you know, is most known for the Golden Girls and the Mary Tyler Moore Show. Uh, personally, I'm not familiar with the Mary Tyler Moore Show. I'm, I'm not that old, but I've seen many many episodes of the Golden Girls. And if you hadn't seen it, it's pretty much sex in the city without the sex or the city. It makes sense. Trust me. Same formula, same characters. But what made this one that much more upsetting for me is that recently, you know, in recent years, she's, you know, her being alive has become like a little bit of a running joke where... You know, we would run down everyone that passed away this past year, and it would usually end with, you know, but Betty White's still alive. And, you know, it was immediately followed by, you know, we got to protect her at all costs. Um, she was loved and respected by pretty much everyone. And I'm going to miss her making, you know, those random appearances on shows like Saturday Night Live. And they're going to ride you like a Walker Vader, sideways, slantways. Three ways and ten ways. And the tiny people won't be orange. They'll be freaky Hispanic and Chinese people. And something else um, that I wanted to point out here that I was glad to see in, you know, these particular cases here that they lived such long lives before they transitioned. Because it's something that we miss seeing all too much these days. And it seems that we always uh, focus on those who are taken away before we believe their time should have been. Um, rightfully so, but that doesn't mean that we should forget to point out instances like these either. That's the goal, right? Live a life that is not only long, but also leaves an impact. That last part, of course, for me being the most important. 2021 in particular was a year that made me think a lot about death but more so life and what exactly it means to me. And for me, it isn't any complex formula. Um, it's not any unobtainable goal that has, you know, anything to do with financial success or anything like that. But, you know, does it help to be financially stable? Obviously. Um, and in light of what's been happening these past few years, you should be educating yourself on financial literacy as much as you can if you haven't already started doing that. But more importantly than anything is happiness. Figure out what that means to you and then stop at nothing to achieve that goal. 
control your own narrative, frame your own story. Because if not, there's always going to be someone to tell that story for you. Good or bad, true or false. Spread love, not hate. And remember, closed mouths don't get fed. I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. see the, the buckets. Now there's a third bucket this week. I think what happened, there's always been, yeah, there's always been like a mother and father. Like this is a father bucket, this is a mother bucket, and since the last game, they had a baby bucket. So this is a baby bucket. So they got three now. There's always been two. I guess that clears up the question as to whether they're married or not. Watching Mayor de Blasio. Don't go on a rant. Do his victory lap dance <laughs> after four years of the, the crappiest term as the mayor of New York. The That's only thing the that Democrats and Republicans can That's agree how, on I mean, is what a horrible mayor he has he, been. Wow. So sayonara, sucker. Wow. 2022. I mean, it's a new year. Bye.